You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hour number two of the week that was, and we are joined, I am joined now, in studio and on the phone by uh, three people that I absolutely respect and admire uh probably probably three of the the most that i respect and admire for their opinions for the way they i can carry on conversations with them real conversations and they give very interesting and diverse perspectives in in many issues and and that is uh, pastor walter moss J. Dean Carroll, and Dr. Tim King. And I want to thank you all for coming in and being part of this. And Tim, thank you for joining us via phone. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. Is Tim there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Congratulations on your day. you got a busy day. Your daughter, One daughter's getting married? Actually, she's she's off the payroll. She got married last night. Okay, and then your other daughter is graduating today, right? Yes, she is from Lake High School. Congratulations! Congratulations! Well done. Well, well, thank you, thank you. She's off the payroll. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a misconception, by the way. I know she's Uh-oh. still on. <laughs> I I wanted to get into this as, and it's interesting because a lot of stuff has come up this week and. Uh, you know, there was the prostitution sting in the Belden Village area where a group of people were arrested for prostitution, human trafficking. You also have, we also had stories this week of Oakland, California joining Denver, Colorado and decriminalizing uh, magic mushrooms, hallucinogenic mushrooms, peyote. Um, we have a, there was another story this week about social media is fueling a booming online prostitution ring, um, and it and it gets into all this stuff. I start I, I look at the 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 increase in drug overdoses, all the things that we continue to battle: gangs, cartels, smuggling, the whole thing. And for decades, the world has tried to stop this. They've tried to control behavior through legislation. And whether it's drugs, gambling, prostitution, they gave up on gambling now and basically said it's legal. I guess the theme of this discussion today and and the first question is, can and should a government attempt to legislate morality? Well, you know, I feel that in our na- I can only speak for our nation. Um, I think, you know, Christian Judeo nation has tried to line up in some areas with uh, its belief in the in the Bible or in the Torah. And I think, unfortunately, you have men, people, men and women who are not perfect, 
uh, who've tried to make uh, laws uh, that they think will help people, will help the uh, nation. And I think that over a period of time, uh, centuries, years, that, um, you know, we are, we make mistakes and maybe uh, some of those things, you know, we should not have done and then some that we should. But I think if we look at where we are today, uh, when we look at the government, the, the politics, uh, I don't know if now if people make them, is it really for the people? Is it really for the good of the people? Or is it because, you know, this is what we want to do politically? And I think that because we as man, you know, the, the when we put ourselves into something, uh, you know, I feel like we we mess it up. Um, and I'm I'm not speaking as uh, if, if people know I, I work in the prosecutor's office at Community Initiative Reduced Violence, so I'm not speaking anything as being a part of the prosecutor's office. I'm trying to speak from my heart as an individual, a pastor, community person. And I just think that some things it's almost like we we make experiments and they go wrong. And, you know, we lose sight of just as you just said about what happened last week in uh, Belden Village, uh, the human trafficking uh, situation. And my thing is, uh, how do we, you know, even if we change some of the laws and try to um, legalize the drugs, the prostitution to me, it's always, well, who who is going to make those laws and who's going to oversee that? Who's going to make sure that if we do this, that we have no fentanyl in our in the drugs? And that's kind of always been my concern. You know, who sets those new rules and the and the changes that we make that yeah. I just feel like, do we really know how to do that? Yeah. As as a nation that uh, because of of the politics involved and because uh, what I feel like to some people do things because they're going to, they're going to make some money in this, mm-hmm. you know, that, that whole piece. And so I don't know if as a nation now, and I've heard you share this and I've been in other meetings with other individuals, judges, uh, you know, is America at the place that we can change laws? Are we, or eliminate them, eliminate them. Right. I don't know if as a nation, are we there because my concern is with dealing with the sex trafficking as our office deals with, you know, who's going to control if we say we're going to legalize prostitution, who's going to set the new rules and the new guidelines? Yeah. And then what's going to happen with those pimps that's out there now? Yeah. Because a lot of people are making a lot of money, you know, on the way that the system is now. Yes. And not, and it's not controlled. Right, right. And so I guess my whole thing, you know, I'm not an attorney is, again, how do we, if we're going to change some of these things, who's going to be in charge? And and we have, Tim is only with us for a short time, so Tim, from, from a clinical psychologist perspective, from someone who's, and, and from a father and everything else, I, I want you to get into what you think, because I personally, as you know, do not think we can, it has been a mistake to try and legislate morality. Yeah, yeah, Joe. It's a, it's a, an interesting subject, um, uh, you know, for sure. But from, you know, from my perspective, when we talk about these, uh, the, you know, these these subjects, uh, it seems like my, you know, my mind always goes back to what I just uh, had a conversation about with a uh, with judge in the Stark County Courts. Um, 
it was a rare occasion where both uh, opposing attorneys uh, allowed me to go back into the judges' chambers and, and, and speak with a judge individually uh, in regards to uh, a case that I was testifying on. And, and she and I had this conversation about everybody that comes into her courtroom um, being a human being. You know, we have a listening audience full of human beings today. You, we have a, a guest panel uh, that everybody would say fits the title of a human being. And, and that's the question is what, what constitutes a, a human being? Hmm. And so people come to my office um, primarily for mental health, for some psych- psychological intervention, for some mental health intervention. And certainly uh, mental health is real and we want um, people to be as mentally healthy as possible uh, and, and physically healthy as possible. But there are those in the listening, uh, listening audience that would say that the human being is a trichotomous human being, that we are a mind, body, and spirit. Right. And, and, we ha- and we have to explore uh, that uh, because then it helps us to, um, to answer the questions we're going to have on the radio today. And that is how how do we help the uh, American people and and you know a lot of other countries follow America's lead um, and 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 even help other countries by um, having some guidelines. I mean, a society without rules, right? A school without rules, a family without rules, it's chaos. I mean, it's, it's it's chaos. Yeah. But 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 let's define rules versus criminalization. I I. I I think you could still have rules without criminalizing. Right. Right. Am I wrong? Well, no, no, I think, I think, I think you're right in the, in the sense, okay, that, that um, if we harm a human being, okay, uh, from, from a standpoint of, uh, of, of abuse or assault or, you know, damage their emotional well-being, their mental well-being, Certainly, their physical well-being. I don't think anybody's going to argue as to whether assault uh, should be a crime or not. And so, if we're harming someone's well-being um, and it's not healthy for them, there has to be some sort of uh, of, of rule uh, out there to to protect that to protect that person. And so, again, we're talking about who gets to make up, you know, those those rules. Right. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. From a from a legal perspective, the answer to the question of can you uh, legislate morality, the answer is no. Uh, we have example after example of that. Uh, there was a time in this country when a black child could not go to school with a white child, when a uh, black person could not marry a white person, when contraceptives could not be sold to married couples. Those were morality-based decisions, and they have failed. What we look at, and to your point, Tim, if there are three interests, there are three interests that are recognizable as governmental, governmentally valid interests. So if I punch Joe in the face, that's a personal interest. He has a personal interest in body integrity. Uh, that's a crime. If I steal his Cascade Audi, right, <laughs> that's a property crime. That's a governmental interest. Or if I pollute the water or pollute the air, that's a governmental interest. Those are the bases upon which government is properly acting. But moral bases are generally condemned, and they fail repeatedly because morality is a shifting model. It's a shifting paradigm. 
and whose yep. morality you're talking about. If we want to have Sharia yep. law, that's a completely different morality-based uh, process. So we reject that generally from a legal viewpoint. Morality-based decisions generally are condemned, but a personal, a property, or a public interest are supportable. So we, I, I guess I'm looking at this and saying, all right, the idea behind legislation against a certain behavior is simply to stop it. Correct. And why haven't we learned as a nation over the history and, and all the failings that this isn't effective? We have learned that. We just refuse to acknowledge the, the fact. I mean, we saw the same thing in prohibition of alcohol. Right, right. And we saw the rise of the mafia. Correct. We saw the rise of criminal activity right. because, but we, why? We because saw, people wanted to drink alcohol. And they wanted to drink it more. Right. Now, you had, you had a group of people, the temperance, uh, the temperance mm-hmm. movement. Remember, Carrie Nation. You'd go into a bar with a hatchet yeah. and, and chop up the bar. Well, it, you cannot legislate morality for people. Morality for people comes from a variety of sources, their culture, their family, their church. That, that's where morality right. decisions are based. And they're they're individual, and this is a question we have to take a we have to go to break for news and everything. But I want to continue. And Tim, I don't know if you could stay, but I, I get it, and and I thank you so much for your input if you can't, and and congratulations to you again. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be around for a little while. Joe. Okay. Uh, I, the question I have here is, when you look at these decisions. I guess I'm looking at it as an individual choice. Mm-hmm. If a person chooses to do drugs, chooses. If a person chooses, and let's say this is tough for me as a religious person, as a, as a Christian man, mm-hmm. as a person who grew up in a Catholic church, I, I, if a person chooses to prostitution as a career, chooses, in, in an environment that is a, a legal, established environment. Uh, if a person chooses to do these things and doesn't hurt others, that is their choice. And, and should we criminalize that person for making that moral choice? Does we that do. make sense? Uh, it does, so, yeah, but we so, do. So, so, so I have to – I go ahead, Tim, real quick before yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was in another case where uh, a person, was, you know, was convicted of, of perjury. And, and so is lying in a courtroom a, a, a criminal offense or is it, is it immoral? No, it's a criminal offense because it affects other people. It affects the public interest. Right. And okay. if, you, if you don't have truthfulness in a court proceeding under oath – you don't have a okay. court proceeding. Yeah, and and so and so the issues that we're talking about today, how do they influence, you know, uh, other people in the sense of legalization of drugs and, or or, or prostitution? And the question I would ask as we go to break, and I will come back and discuss this, is does criminalization cause more harm to the general public versus legalizing or decriminalizing? All of these moral issues, and that's a that's a deep question that I'm going to give to all of you. And when we come back, we'll get the answers of that. Stay tuned. The week there was will continue. 
I know it seems like an hour ago, but they're still here. Pastor Walter Moss, yes. J. Dean Carroll, Tim King, Dr. Tim King. Um, and I left you with the question, and I'll just be upfront. My and you know this. I my contention is legalizing or criminalizing vices, morality causes has caused gangs. The reason they're in gangs, togetherness is one, but they make money. Right. Has caused the the organization of cartels that have become stronger than most countries they are in. Um, it, it, it at one time caused Chicago to be controlled by a mob, maybe still. Uh, New York, major cities around the country. It has caused countless damage to others. Um, and, and my contention is, would less criminalization, would eliminating criminalization of morality, of vices, actually increase the the living conditions or, or lessen the dangers to the general public? Tim? So you're saying, Joe, less less government, which uh, there's a whole host of people out there that would would, would applaud uh, you. Um, the question still, you know, remains of for the people, the the, the well the well being of the people, and um, who uh, is going to, you know, moderate curtail those things that we know uh, through research are harmful. Um, right. For the for the individual well being, well, and let me let me ask you this in 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 line with that, when they decriminalized alcohol, I think they've done a pretty good job of organizing organizing how alcohol is distributed, how it is taxed, how it is regulated. Um, couldn't that be duplicated in every area? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is the mo? I mean, we, we are asking a question of motive, which you know right. I, I think is is a good question. The, the, those that are that are for the criminalization, those that are against the criminal. What's what's the motive? And if, if the motive for the government being involved uh, is is dollars and cents, uh, probably a less pure motive than the motive of wanting the best for the entire well-being of the human being uh, and the people who who encompass the country. And, you know, so, uh, again, I would even go back to asking the question, as I do in my office, to parents of, you know, hundreds of, of, of adolescents that we work with, you know, have you taught your child that it is wrong to lie? Yes. My next question is why? You know, why is it wrong, you know, uh, to, to lie? And so we have to go back, I think, to, to motive, and we have to go back to, again, uh, what's, what's best for well-being. So if we don't have government involved in, 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 in criminalizing some of these things, and I'm just playing the devil's advocate because I'm with you, I'm with you too, Joe, but if we don't, then, then who? Somebody needs to step up um, and make some... Because I say, here's what it makes a human relationship work. Two words. Love, and we could talk a, a whole show or two just about that word because I find out most people... Uh, even most married couples have different definites, definitions of love, if I make them write them down, believe it or not. But love, it's the greatest motivation on the face of here. And then secondly, boundaries, mm-hmm. rules. 
And uh, I know we're talking about the difference between rules and something that's a crime, but um, that's why it is a difficult subject and a good a good subject for us to discuss this morning, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Tim. And I, I Pastor Moss, I, I guess you look at this, and and I battle this. Um, from from a spiritual standpoint, it's hard to say. People misconstrue me saying decriminalize all morality as my saying I approve right. of these right. things. I don't. But criminalizing them doesn't seem to solve the problem. And I think you can decriminalize without approving. Right. Right. I was a part of the, the late Judge Clyde as a group, and they still meet uh, monthly. And that's one of the things that they, he had uh, advocated of changing some of our laws, decriminalizing, especially the, the drugs. But I guess my thing is is even that you have to have some boundaries. And then, you know, how do we get to the place where we can start actually doing that? I mean, there's no one else. We're talking about on the radio. They talk about it at that meeting once a month. But who else is talking about how do we get to that point where we can really be serious about? Can we really look at that decriminal? I mean, how do we get to that point? Well, what, what what's, ha- what's happening now mm-hmm. is it's happening little by mm-hmm. little. You see cities and you see <laughs> states decriminalizing mm-hmm. pot. Now you've got cities that are decriminalizing hallucinogenic mushrooms and peyote. You see cities, you see some states like Nevada that don't criminalize prostitution. They control it. So I think there's there's examples out there mm-hmm. of how to do it. And eventually we're going there. The whole country now is gambling. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. legal now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're, we're getting to this point slowly where people are realizing that legislating and criminalizing isn't the answer. I would rather have heroin be out on the streets that is regulated and doesn't contain fentanyl and doesn't contain these things that the government regulates it and licenses it and then we treat people like we do alcoholism um, versus doing what's going now where people are dying by the dozens i start from the idea that most people are going to engage in moral activity However they define that, through their church, through their community, through their culture, they're going to be moral. It's a very a very small percentage of our society is immoral. <laughs> and we know throughout history that you can't you cannot you cannot legislate morality. So you know that's my starting point. If there's a victim, then government can regulate it. But with for example gambling, most people can gamble, walk away from it. You have to draw a distinction now between those people who can gamble occasionally and those people who have a gambling addiction. Same thing with certain drugs. You distinguish between the recreational user of marijuana and the person who's injecting heroin. And if you talk to those people, it's not a choice. It's not a choice to be a heroin addict. It's a compulsion. Uh, We see that with the opioid addiction problem. Uh, Doctors overprescribe because of the pharmaceutical pressure to uh, prescribe opioids. When they become unavailable, they seek something else. They have now become an addict. Mm-hmm. So the idea that most most progressive legislators see now is that we couldn't 
legislate our way out of a drug problem. We have to treat our way out of a drug problem. And we're going to have an example of that for uh, if we look at Colorado, we look at other states. We have many laboratories in the United States because we're a republic. And the idea is that let's see what happens in Colorado. Let's see what happens in Ohio. Let's see what happens in California. Is there a way to regulate, such as you suggest, the use of marijuana as opposed to, for example, heroin? Now, that's got to be a treatment component. Right. But there is a difference between drugs. But none you could keep people from dying of overdoses. That's correct, and we do that. We do that. No, uh, I mean, if it were more regulated. That's correct. Methadone. Look at look at use of methadone uh, pioneered in, in New York City, in New York State. Uh, but if but if you look at the addiction problem as separate from a recreational drug problem like like marijuana, I think that's going to be much much more effective. If you talk to addicts, uh, they hate their lives, but they have no way out of their lives because of the, the perfect meshing of the drug mm-hmm. and the brain. It, it's just incredibly satisfying. And so mm-hmm. the, the reality is that people are driven by primal needs. So are you going to eliminate prostitution? No. Now, do you want to have sex trafficking? No, because there's a victim there, right. the, the female. Right. But prostitution is, has happened for thousands right. and thousands of oh, years. Yeah. You're not going to legislate that. But having said that, it makes legislators feel more comfortable if they can take a stand against those things by passing legislation. They're ineffective. So it's political. And very political. I, I, you know, I'm hard on crime. I'm tough on crime. Richard Nixon. Yeah, I, like, I like that word laboratory because, uh, you know, people, people want the truth. When they come to my office, they want the truth. I think that those that are listening to the show right now, Joe, they want the truth. And there's another deep question for us is, where do we find the truth? And I, and I think we do find the truth in laboratories. One of the ways that truth can be delivered, uh, according to some people, is good science. My, right? my reference, though, is to social laboratories. So yeah. you have, you have yeah. 50 social laboratories. And if we look right. at Nixon's war on crime, he included in that marijuana. Marijuana is right. a Schedule One drug akin to cocaine mm-hmm. and heroin. You've got to be kidding me. But that was a mm-hmm. political reaction to misunderstandings and look where it's gotten us yeah terrible yeah. position and and i have to say this you you brought up one point only one dean well you brought up many but but there's one point that i hung on and that was in our population there's there's a small minority of people who get trapped in the addiction correct however when you criminalize an activity that suddenly expands that Tremendously, because now you no longer have just those persons that are addicted. You have those people who prey follow, on the addicted. Follow the money. You right. have you have the other people who are have have to enforce right. against those if, people. If you ban drugs, someone will fill that yeah. void. Yes, right. whether it be from Mexico yeah. or any <laughs> other country. And what fill. happened to organized crime when it grew? Yeah, but what happened when alcohol? When the Eighteenth Amendment was it grew. disbanded, well, they they had other issues. They went into drugs. They went into drugs right. because that was the next illegal That's thing. Right. They That's went into prostitution. They will always meet the needs. They of went a into gambling. People. That's correct. <laughs> so they went into the, the vices, the illegal activities fuel an underground economy, and they fuel powerful. Gangs. If you look at the mafia in the 1930s and 40s in New York State, they were they were focusing on um, providing alcohol. 
when that became legal, they had to switch. They switched to drugs. Some of the mafia families did not want to do that. Right. They were more reliant upon uh, gambling and loan sharking and prostitution. Mm-hmm. But, but the reality is the money was there, and they went to the money. Yeah. And I think one of the issues now is employers uh, in Ohio, are we, they're still saying that it's illegal for a person to be coming to work with marijuana in their system. That's correct. But the reason for that is the federal government has not changed this right. view. Right. And so you've got miracle, uh, medical marijuana in a number of states, but it's still banned right. by the federal That's government. Right. Yeah. And, and, and here, the other part is, just like with alcohol, You've got to enforce. You get behind a wheel. You're right. el- you're dry, you're with different alcohol? issue. Different issue because that's conduct and that puts society at risk. Yes. So you can punish that. Yes. What I if I were king of the United States, I would mandate that every legislator smoke marijuana, and see what the effect of it is. I'm not talking repeatedly, just one time, just see the effect of it, and then and they're not going to go out and rape, and they're not going to go out and kill, and they're not going to go out and steal. That would change the attitude completely. Now, a lot of people say, well, it's a gateway drug. But I don't, I don't know uh, about Psychologically, uh, some people Tim, say you that. know that. Right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Exactly. And I, I think there's research out there to back that up, that, uh, Joe, that it's not just you saying that. It's a, it is a gateway drug, um, you know, and, and we have to consider that, that research in any decision we make. I, let me throw another iron in the fire if I can. If not government, Joe, we said who, and, 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 and we're talking about, uh, you know, school program after school program when it comes to just say no to drugs. Um, and, and then the church, you know, you mentioned Joe being raised into it. You know, I, I know the government has, has picked up the ball with a good motive in some areas where the local churches have dropped the ball. Right. And, and, and so, uh, you know, I think about, you know, just the, the issue of taking care, the principle of taking care of widows and and orphans. Yes. Right? There's all kinds of programs out there that, that are government-funded, uh, government intervention. And really, uh, those of us, Pastor Moss, I think you'd agree that would see that as the church's responsibility. Right. People love the church. So, so yeah, I mean... Um, I, and I'm I not hope. saying, Tim, to, re, to eliminate the government. The government switches its role from criminalization, incarceration, and enforcement to treatment and regulation. So, so they switch, like, right now the state governments control how alcohol is distributed, correct? Right. Regulated. And they regulate it and they tax it. Right. And so I, I guess that's what I'm saying is now instead of the government completely abdicating from it, you, you switch from to treatment and regulation Look at, look at the way Holland deals with prostitution and drugs. Now, they're having some difficulties there, but uh, their approach was regulate it, regulate prostitution, regulate drugs. Now, you know, there are some issues currently, but that's a valid approach. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we have to take a break. Stephen's, I think, panicking here, but no, he's <laughs> really not. But we have to take a break. Yes. We'll come back. Can we continue? Tim, do you have to go? Yeah, I do, fellas. I need to. I need to run. Uh, Congratulations to you, and well thank done. you so much. Congratulations. Hey, thank you, you, guys. It's been good being on the radio with you. Yeah, always, Tim. We we love having you on, and and congratulations, and please uh, apologize to your wife for me for getting you on and making <laughs> you do this for an hour today. Uh, no problem. No problem. All right, you guys. We'll see you later. Thanks, Bye-bye. Tim King, Doctor Tim King. We'll be right back with. Jadine Carroll and Pastor Walter Moss. Can we continue this a little bit? 
I have no life. All right. <laughs> okay. We'll be back. We are going to wrap this up with, uh, and it's a great discussion, and I thank you both so much. Thank you. Welcome. For spending Saturday with me as long, uh, along with Tim. And um, I, w- I wanted to get the, the only true way to, to change a culture and to eliminate all these things is to do, and, and God forbid we ever get to this point, but is to do what China's doing right now which is their social credit system, hmm. where you can't get a loan, you can't fly in a plane, you kids can't go to school, you can't do anything depending on your social credit score. And you actually raise your social credit score by turning in neighbors that are doing things. If you default on a loan, if you do drugs, if you stay on the Internet too long, if you do this, you get... N- n- negative points and the whole society is built on social credit now and they've gone to this and people are already saying they go to board a plane and their social credit score is too low and they're forced to take a train or a car yeah i wouldn't use china as a model for anything right. no but but a, what i'm but, saying but, 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 is I, I got the idea but yeah but it's it's a it's a um, repressive mm-hmm. government yes and they are trying to chill human rights. They are trying to eliminate any type of uh, human right, right. Uh, or I, any I, I type mean, of human behavior. Well, right. they, no, they are they are moderating human behavior, but in an inappropriate way and in a way right. which uh, could not work in the United States. But my point is only this, and I'm not using them as example as as okay. This is how this is where we should go. No, you're not. I'm using it as an example of we're doing it halfway. We're, we're criminalizing activity, moral activity, but we're not truly, it's not truly changing. It'll never change the hearts of people, and nor, nor will China, nor will China. It'll just penalize them even more every day of their lives. But so we, we have reached a point in our society where I think we've become smart enough, hopefully, to know that as long as it, in, in my mind, as long as it doesn't, let, let's come up with a way that affects the least people Negative. negatively and, and allows people to make their own choices in life mm-hmm. without, without putting that stigma on them. We talked about people going to work. You have people right. that, Pastor Moss, that you know, because of the the criminal record and because of all these things, they can't get jobs when they come out. So it becomes a vicious cycle. Right. And we talked about them even now using marijuana, and they know they can't go and take a drug test to get a job. And yet they want a job. And they say, if I get a job, I'll stop some of these illegal activities. So I'm just saying to me, we're catch-22. Right, right. You, you you have a spectrum of approaches. You can you can have no no penalties for behavior. You can have terrible pen, penalties for behavior. Or in the middle, you can have consideration of why you're engaging in that behavior. I think that's where we're moving as a society. I think we should move though to there are no punishments well, I, for I, personal I'm behavior that too, but if I'm you saying, do it within the regulations. But I'm saying that's exactly right. If you do it within the regulation, then you don't then you don't criminalize behavior. Mm-hmm. 
you don't prohibit them from getting a job, and you deal with the underlying problem. If you, if you always deal with the motivation, you're going to be more successful, as opposed to dealing only with the conduct. I'll, f- I'll finish up with this. Will we ever reach – it was heartening that the nation, that, that our federal government said gambling, let's, let's eliminate this farce. The people are gambling like crazy. Let's just say it's okay. Well, that's the United States Supreme Court. Okay. But, all right, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and so now you get, you, get cities, you get cities and states saying this and this and this and this. We're going to legalize this. We're going to decriminalize this. And I like saying decriminalizing versus legalizing mm-hmm. because basically you're not condoning it. You're just decriminalizing it. Will we ever get to a point where this country realizes that the war on drugs – uh, all these things are not working and we're just going to stop? I mean, personally, I said you don't get it now. I mean, since the 60s, we haven't had a, I mean, we haven't taken down the, the drug cartel. Why? We don't get it. I don't, I don't know if we ever get to that place because it's the political and you know, to say that we're going to destroy or take the drugs out of community, community, but we'd never have done it. Yes. And so I don't know if, I guess my whole heart in this whole conversation is the right people who will sit at the table and say, we got to do this. We can say it, but will the people in power? That's the question. And, and I think we're moving in that direction. We see recovery courts in, in the mm. criminal justice system. So we're beginning to realize it's been a failure. And so we're beginning to realize that a different approach, maybe an approach worth taking, is treatment as opposed to punishment. And regulation. Punishment has gotten us into a terrible place. Yeah. It's affected more people. In in a multitude of ways. And it has created an entire underground culture. If I'm a felon, if I'm a felon, (laughs) the the first question on my application for a job is, are you a felon? Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been some states that have eliminated that question. They call it eliminate the box. So you don't see as an employer, you don't see the felony conviction. So you invite the right. guy in, right. and now I'm looking at the content of his character as opposed to his background. Yes. And I'm looking at the content of his character in terms of who he is and what he does now, not what he did in the past. And also I wanted to say that there is some companies, thank God, who even hire felons, even hire uh, – I know of an individual – I was a murderer and recently got a job. He said, all I want to do is take care of my family. And that, to hear that conversation, that blessed me. The, rea- yeah. the reality is, if you, if you look at criminal activity, a murderer is probably a more trustworthy mm-hmm. person than, for example, a burglar. You know, burglars, Whoa. you talk to these people. I'm telling you, you talk to burglars, you talk to rapists. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be people who, they're almost, they almost cannot be rehabilitated. A murderer is going to kill somebody usually on spontaneous right. action, emotional action. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, read a book called Accomplices to Crime by uh, Tim Merton. And uh, he would put, he'd put murderers in the, in the guard towers, inmate murderers in the guard towers, because they were the most reliable people. They, and he gave them weapons. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. I, I want to thank you both. Sure. I, I, thank I know you there folks. are so many more oh, areas yeah. we could go in this, but... Uh, I uh, I love you both. Yep. You, 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 I'm married, Joe. I keep telling you. I'm, I'm not. I don't <laughs> want you in that way. I um, but I I thank you for taking time again You're on welcome. your Saturday. I thought I think this was a very needed conversation, a very candid and good one. Thank you so much, thank you. Yeah, Carroll, Pastor Walter Moss, Doctor Tim King was with us earlier, and uh, we will continue with the week that was right after.